Y'all didn't know that amongst everything else, I was a quick change artist either, did you? Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, I'm glad to say that we can say together today, he is risen. Yes, Jesus is risen indeed. That's what we say on Easter as we celebrate the biggest holiday in the church. It's a quick summary, an easy way to explain what we're celebrating and to identify ourselves as followers of Jesus. This is the moment that really, truly changed everything. It's why the disciples scattered around the world. It's why the church began to form and grow while we're gathered here this morning, it was the biggest news that the world had ever known. It's not every day, after all, that a man rises from the dead. We celebrate here in the church in the year 2019 with confidence because this message has had time to grow and take root and seep into the base of not only the church, but of our society and then the world overall. This message is everywhere. But I wanted to invite you this morning to take a step back, because while this message should be widespread, it should never become mundane. In both of these accounts, the first women to arrive didn't understand what was going on. They arrived with confusion. Who opened the tomb? Where's the body of our Lord, of our friend, It's only with the explanation of a pair of angels that they begin to understand what's happening. But there's a profound truth that we can find in their confusion. Easter is hard to understand. Think about it. The message we proclaim is that Jesus was raised from the dead, that through his death and resurrection, we are saved and given new life. That this brutal execution and subsequent miracle was an act of love. Where do you begin to make sense of all of that? Well, as it turns out, the women and the disciples were right. Easter is hard to understand. If you think about it for just one second, you'll realize that the events of that morning don't mesh with what we're used to. And frankly, they don't follow the rules of nature. 
This is a weird idea that Jesus would rise from the dead. And it's no wonder that the first people to hear that news didn't believe it. If this happened now, would you? Imagine you go to visit the grave of a dear friend and find it exposed with an empty coffin instead. Standing nearby are two bizarrely glowing men who say, oh, he's not here. He got up and went that way this morning. What would you think? Would you think, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds about right. No, you'd probably argue, or even if you did believe it, you'd probably think that it was a little bit too night of the living dead for your tastes. And you'd probably hurry on out of there before any other graves opened up. You've been told for your whole life that things like this just don't happen. The two things, after all, that are supposed to be guaranteed in life are death and taxes. And of the two, we know that death is supposed to be pretty final. The story of Jesus' resurrection goes against everything that you've been told, from that proverbial saying to what you learned in biology class. Dead things are supposed to stay dead. But it doesn't just go against what we've been told. No, it goes against what we've seen as well. I'm sure that everyone has known the grief of loss, the pain of losing a friend or a family member. And I'm sure that we've all felt the worry that the end for us may be nearer than we hope. This is the story of Jesus conquering the force of death, which makes it seem like some kind of cosmic battle, like something from a book or a movie. But you know that death isn't just an abstract thing. We can't just talk about it like it's something distant and pretend that it doesn't affect us, because it does. You and I, we know what it means. We know what it does, and we've seen that it's final. The disciples saw it too, and so did the women. We've seen the cemeteries and read the obituaries, but this story tells us that the impossible has happened. And it goes against what we've experienced As amazing as it seems, this is about more than just a man rising from the dead, as though we needed more than that. Jesus wasn't resurrected just for fun or just because God felt like doing a cool trick to showcase his awesome power. No, 1 Peter 2 tells us that through his death and resurrection, Jesus bore our sins, yours and mine, so that we could die to sin and live for righteousness. But maybe what you've experienced is that you're stuck, trapped by things that keep you away from God, that keep you away from the abundant life that he wants for you. Maybe you're bound up in sadness or addiction and anger or spite, and that's all that you've ever known or all that you've known for so long now. In Christ's resurrection, we hear the message that you can be delivered from all of that sin, from all of that death, and that you can have new, better, peaceful, holy life. But if you've never experienced the healing power of Jesus, then this, too, can be hard to understand. All of that, of course, assumes that you believe the starting point of this story, that Jesus rose from the dead. If you do, the question becomes, How? I don't understand. How can something like this happen? 
But we need to remember this morning that for as hard as it is to understand, Easter can be even harder to believe in the first place. You see it in Mary's response in John's Gospel. She doesn't come to the disciples with some theological take. She doesn't come thinking that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. No. You know what she says? She goes to them and says, Help! Someone stole the body. There has to be an explanation, something reasonable that a person, not God, could have done. After all, people don't just rise from the dead. It's impossible. And the disciples, they agreed. Luke says that when the women went to tell them what happened, that they thought they were speaking nonsense and wanted to go have a look for themselves. We love to know what's going on. It's just human nature. It gives us a sense of control, I think. Have you ever met someone who just can't stand not knowing how something works? The best thing to do in those kinds of cases, I think, is to show them a card trick and watch them drive themselves crazy trying to understand. There's a part of me that's like that too, I'll confess. When you understand how things work, you feel as though fewer things can go wrong. Or if they do go wrong, then maybe you can fix them and make them right again. But here, here we have a story that you can't explain away. A story that's bigger than understanding. The apostles rushed to the tomb to figure out what had happened to Jesus, but they couldn't find any good evidence. All they found were linens and burial clothes. The problem was that they were searching for human answers to human problems, and this wasn't a human problem at all. There was nobody to blame for stealing the body because the body hadn't been stolen. Theft wasn't the problem, as it turns out. No, this wasn't a human problem. Death was the problem, and Jesus was the answer, a divine answer to a universal problem. Everyone was trapped under the rule of sin and death, But Jesus provided a way out. Jesus provided a new kingdom that wasn't under the rule of death. It wasn't under the rule of sin. It was under the rule of life. But maybe, for some of you, the hard part to believe isn't the resurrection. Maybe you can accept that God raised Jesus from the dead, and maybe you can believe that through that he extends the offer of new life to the world. Maybe all that's fine, maybe it's, it's plausible, but you just can't believe that this offer is extended to you. Maybe you think, not, not me, I'm too far gone. If there's one thing that you get from this morning, I pray that it's this, that there is nothing that you can do, even if you add up the sum of everything you've done before, even if you've done some terrible things, There's nothing you can do that's more powerful than the love of God and what He has done. No mistake or action from your past makes you irredeemable because through His death and resurrection, Jesus takes up our cause and becomes our advocate. When we stand before the throne of God, knowing that nothing that we did could make us pure, could make us clean, Jesus stands beside us and says, This one belongs to me. See, every moment of history from creation onward was building up to Easter. Easter's the climax of the story. It's the point of it all. 
In his death and resurrection, Jesus changed the world down to its very core, down to the very basic facts of life. It used to be that humanity was separated from God, that people had to constantly offer sacrifices to atone for their sins and try to make things right, but it was never enough. The sickness of sin was still there, running like a thread through everything and everyone in every nation throughout the world. You could try and clean it off the surface, but you couldn't get to the root. But now, now everything is different. Now we don't have to stand on our own righteousness, which is never quite enough, because instead we can stand covered by the righteousness of Christ. We were deathly sick, and Jesus brought us the cure without cost. The rules have changed It used to be that the story ended in death, but not anymore. Jesus conquered death and rose from the grave, and then he gave us the good news that if we trust him, that he will lift us up into new, eternal life, resurrected into new and eternal life by his side. And through his resurrection, Jesus established a new kingdom in which death was nothing to fear because it had no more power. He created the church, which is unlike anything the world had ever seen before. This wasn't dependent on where you were from, whether you were rich or poor, what you spoke like or what you looked like. The church that Jesus built was made up of fishermen, tax collectors, and prostitutes, all of whom were invited to leave behind all of the burdens that they carried before and be born again into something new into a kingdom where they were equally loved and equally wanted. It spans thousands of years and countless nations reaching every corner of the world with the message that in Christ, you can have new and abundant life. This church exists for kings and peasants alike, for little children and great-grandparents. It's for CEOs and single moms and construction workers and computer programmers. And it's for you. That's the thing about all of this. Jesus sent waves through the whole world and changed everything. But he didn't just die for the world. He wasn't just resurrected for the world. He died and was raised for you. Romans 8 says that the very same power, the same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the grave lives and works in you. Remember what I said before, that nothing you could do is stronger than what Jesus has done? The same power that resurrected Jesus, which changed the world and gave birth to the church, brings us back to life. We weren't just suffering under the burden of temptation and sin, Scripture says that we were fully dead, that there was no life left in us. But that doesn't have to be the case, not anymore. Hear now the good news. Christ died for each and every one of us, including you and including me, while we were still trapped in sin. And he did that because of his deep love and his desire to raise us with him. When you have faith in Christ, you can look back at who you were. You can look in the grave of your old life and hear the angel say, 
Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. She's not here. She was resurrected with Jesus. Whatever you come from, whatever you've done and whatever weighs heavy on your soul, let it be crucified with Christ. Let all of it, the entirety of your old self, die and be buried in the grave with him. And as you do so, keep your eyes fixed on the cross, fixed upon Christ and hold tightly to him because he's promised that if you do, you can share in his resurrection. Let that old self pass away so that in Jesus, you can enjoy the new life of Easter morning forevermore. Thanks be to God. Amen.